Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. You're listening to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio brought to you by I'm the Fat Always go and check the blog. If you haven't been checking the blog on I'm the Fat I think the uh, last uh, blog post that I did was called uh, how, to, uh, how to Survive Gluten Intolerance. So check that out on I'm the Fat As always, connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash I'm the Fat Man. I'm also on Twitter at the Fat underscore Man. And you can connect with me on Pinterest as well. Find me on Pinterest under Darren McDuffie. So good show for you tonight. We actually have Dr. Ellen Cutler on the show. We'll be talking about food sensitivities and environmental uh, sensitivities. And there's some things that I was reading in this book that I did not know of that made me uh, fully aware of uh, a lot of things that I, I had no idea about when I was uh, reading the book. So it's going to be a lot of conversation going on about some things, uh, especially with uh, hormones and, and different kind of things. And I was telling uh, Dr. Cutler off the air that I discovered her book by just scrolling through Amazon. And on Amazon, you can actually uh, read a chapter of the book for free, and I actually ended up reading a chapter of her book for free and kind of fell in love with the book because it talked about food sensitivities. And if you know me, you know I'm a big believer in getting yourself tested for these sensitivities because they can be roadblocks or obstacles to your health, and a lot of people don't know that they're kind of working against themselves by eating the same kind of food um, that they're sensitive to or they are actually uh, have environmental sensitivities, and we'll get into all that tonight. So um, but, but before I get Dr. Cutler on, there will be no show next week. I'm actually going out of town, going to Venice, Florida, which is one of my places that I like to go and hang out and chill out and just rest and relax. I'm going over there. actually rented a house for about four days. So I'll be over there just chilling out, getting revitalized and getting ready probably before 2015. So 2015, I'm really looking at um, – upping the show and and making it a little bit uh, better and getting more and more guests and actually looking at going two days a week for the show. So again, no show next week. And then the week after the first week of December, um, I'm looking at getting some guests on. So I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to go all the way up to the uh, week before Christmas. I may cut it off just to give myself some rest and some relaxation and then get into, um, full gear, a full swing in January of 2015. So that's it for the show. And tonight, again, we have Dr. Ellen Cutler on, and she'll be talking about her book, Clearing the Way to Health and Wellness. So let me bring Dr. Cutler on. Dr. Cutler, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I got cut off, so I called back. <laughs> okay, not a problem, not a problem. Good, it happens good. I always say live radio. You can never tell what's happening. You just go with the flow. <laughs> but welcome yes. to well, uh, Perf- I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah, thank you. Welcome to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. Yes, great. Wonderful. 
Well, let's get right into it, Dr. Cutler. Um, you have you kind of share your story at the beginning of the book. Can you kind of share that with the audience as well? Yes, and this latest book is my actually my sixth book, and it's my a book that was revised that I had written a long time ago on immune disorders, and this one it's called Clearing the Way to health and wellness, and it includes what I do and how it impacts many health concerns and conditions such as fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, colitis, many autoimmune problems, thyroid problems, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, which I have had in my practice, which I've had for many, many years, incredible results. So it all started when I was when I was really, really young. I always had digestive problems and things I really didn't discuss with my family because it, that's the kind of family I was. But I couldn't eat many foods. I would get very bloated and I'd have bowel irregularities and never knew what it was. Then when I started my professional training and I had to put myself through professional school, so I would go to school during the day and I would work at night in an emergency room and then go home and study, so I got very little sleep and my symptoms just exacerbated and I literally couldn't eat anything. Talk about food sensitivities. I was like allergic to every food. The only thing I could eat was grapes for months. And because of that, and because of my schedule, I got very tired and my symptoms just were worse than ever. I was sick a lot. My skin and hair and nails reflected poor nutrition because I didn't really, wasn't really eating much. And I finally did go to see someone. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune disease causing a lot of inflammation in the colon. And the only thing that was offered to me was a standard medical conventional approach, drugs, steroids, and maybe surgery later on. And I was I was 10% chance I would get cancer. So I was pretty disappointed with with what was offered to me. Mm-hmm. as well as frustrated and of course I was in a, a health a, you know I went to chiropractic school first they later on went to medical school as well so here I'm in a natural health field I'm not going to go start all these drugs but I was really desperate so I got worse and worse finished school managed to do it and then I did a postgraduate course in orthopedics and did it and met One of my mentors said to me, you know, Ellen, did you ever hear of a digestive enzyme? And at that point, nobody heard of digestive enzymes. Nobody even knew what an enzyme was. It was not on the radar at all. And I tried every other supplement. I tried all kinds of natural approaches. Nothing worked. In fact, it just made me worse. So I was kind of you know, pessimistic, but I said, look, I'm going to try anything. So I went and got evaluated, and I was evaluated and diagnosed with carbohydrate intolerance, which means, and I do that now with people, is that I really couldn't tolerate 
many carbohydrates, which are fruits and grains and vegetables. And, of course, I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for years and years. So somebody's a vegetarian, they tell you that you got problems. So anyway, I started an enzyme that digests everything. It's a full-spectrum enzyme, but it really broke down the sugars and starches and changed my diet a little bit. And within two weeks, I never had any problems again. And this is like, we're talking over 35 years ago already. And I became extremely passionate about enzymes and about allergies and developed my a technique now called Ellen Cutler Method. I did call it Bioset, but no longer... Uh, have that name now it's the Ellen Cutler method and develop a whole technique based on what I'm talking about and other things as well which we can talk about but my life was changed so as you can imagine I became very passionate about enzymes and I give everybody I came in contact with an enzyme (laughs) and I saw the most amazing results and one of my books called Micro Miracles is all about those incredible results that occur with just taking a digestive enzyme and improving your digestive system and the impact it has on so many different health conditions as well as just prevention too. So that's kind of my story. Yeah, they actually call you, I think I was reading something, they call you the the enzymeress, like the empress of enzymes. Yeah, empress of of enzymes. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I think I'm probably... I've been taking enzymes longer than probably anybody on earth. <laughs> I will not. And anybody who eats with me, Darren, or talks to me, oh, I always get them on a digestive enzyme. And then they'll inevitably send me a message. Oh, my God, my life has changed. What did you do? <laughs> it's incredible. So digestive enzymes are really the key to longevity. And I always say if I can recommend one supplement – that's what I recommend is a digestive enzyme. Right. You mentioned in the book, and while we're, we're just kind of continuing on that theme, you mentioned mm-hmm. um, the enzymes playing a role in desensitizing the food and environmental type of allergens. Um, I noticed that when I'm reading something and something keeps uh, – the same theme keeps playing over and over again. I know I have to pay attention. And you keep saying vegetarian enzymes, vegetarian enzymes, right. vegetarian right. enzymes. Why is it? Why does it have to be a vegetarian enzyme? That's a great question. You know, there are there there are different kinds of enzymes. There are animal enzymes. There are vegetarian enzymes. And then there are plant enzymes. Vegetarian enzymes I'm talking about, actually microbial enzymes. And then there's plant enzymes, which are things like papaya and bromelain, which people have heard about. That's in pineapple and papaya. And so those are the three different enzymes. And then, of course, we have the enzymes that our body produces itself. There are doctors that use animal enzymes for other reasons. But I found in my work and my study, and my study is my research over years of working with thousands of patients from all over. People come from all over the world to see me. I found if you want the best digestive support, vegetarian, full-spectrum vegetarian enzymes or 
microbial enzymes work the best. It's not that the animal enzymes don't, but you know what? Many people don't do well with them. They're sensitive. They're allergic to the, some of those enzymes that are in there. Mm-hmm. And the microbial or the vegetarian enzymes are hypoallergenic, which means they're very they're tolerated by most everyone, even animals do well with them. So that has, I found to be the best. So I always tell people, if you want to get a good digestive enzyme and find some, look for a full-spectrum digestive enzyme that they sell in most health food stores, and most of them are pretty good. I mean, I have some that I recommend in my book tell you exactly, not specific ones, but what to look for in my mm-hmm. book, my Micro Miracles book, actually. And so people can use that as a guide. But it'll change your life, truly. And again, it you know, there's there's like a Dr. Gonzalez, for example, in New York that works with cancer patients that uses pancreatic enzymes, which are animal enzymes. So there's room and there's 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 a place for those. And papaya enzymes basically only digest protein. And we don't just eat protein, we eat all kinds of foods. So you want a full spectrum. That's why the vegetarian enzymes or the microbial enzymes are the best. Yeah, yeah. And we lose these as we get older, correct? I've I've been reading a lot, and um, they say that we tend to lose our enzymes as we get older. And I know um, from just from my own personal experience, when I was in my 20s, there I could eat anything. And right. then now it's right. like I'm 44 now, so it's like, Certain things that I eat, I notice that I'm having a little bit of problems digesting them. Right. So we we need enzymes or we need some kind of supplement as we get older. Is that correct? Absolutely, definitely. And we we have like a genetic code for the amount of enzymes, which are proteins. They're basically protein, organic catalysts. They're proteins. So, yes, we're given a certain amount. And what happens, though, what's really happening in our culture now is that our soil are missing the essential vitamins and minerals that are cofactors for our body producing those enzymes, and we're not getting them. Because we should get our enzymes in our raw food, but we don't. And if you don't eat much raw food, you're not getting it. So you deplete your own enzyme reserve. Because if you're not taking the enzymes in the raw food, or if it's not available because our soil or because we're over-agriculturing and because of the chemicals and the GMOs, and the, I mean, it's a serious problem. Our body has to depend on our own digestive enzymes, and we just basically deplete our reserve. And then we don't digest the food. And then we get all this undigested food in our system, our blood system, that causes creates havoc in our body because what happens is our immune system looks at that undigested food as a foreign protein. Here we buy all this great food or organic food and we're not digesting it and the body starts attacking it and creates immune complexes or allergens that cause an array of health problems from digestive to headaches to skin reactions to depression and tiredness, and I can go on and on. So so we definitely, most people, are, you know, it's not so much we're vitamin deficient, we are enzyme deficient. And that's why a digestive enzyme is so important, more than ever it is. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a simplify? Your Your book really gives a really good description of how, 
the immune system works. And I think the audience kind of needs to understand, really, really simplified if you can, um, about how the immune system works. And then from there, we can start talking more a little bit about the uh, the sensitivities. Good, yeah. Well, you know, I always say our immune system is overbuilt for success, which means we have an incredible, it's a very complicated system, very complicated. And we have an enormous ability to deal with what we deal with. And so our immune system is comprised of white blood cells that do many different things and immune mediators that do many different things. They help with attacking viruses. They help with allergies. They create antibodies that that, that will help if you do have allergens. They help with attacking bacteria and parasites and viruses. So our immune system has different cells that do different things at different times. When our immune system is really compromised, it doesn't function as well. But I said it's overbuilt for success, so we have a lot of reserve. We have a lot of ability. So, you know, it's it's interesting because... You know, people will say that, you know, people get cancer, their immune system is just not working. And when we think of how incredible this system is, it must have really been compromised in order for that to happen. So it plays a part all the time. Allergies, it's dealing with viruses, it's dealing with cancer cells in many different ways that it does that with different cells, different white blood cells that that. Where, where our body produces in order to deal with it. So that's the immune system. It's a huge system and something that I've spent a lot of time studying and gotten into it by dealing with sensitivities and desensitizing and understanding allergies as well, too. So I hope that helps a little bit. Yeah, that helps really, really simplify. I try not to get too scientific with the audience. Yes. But, um <laughs> because <laughs> you lose people. But um, in your book, you said that over 90% of population has sensitivities. That was, you wrote your book when? Back in 2000? Help me out here. That my my latest book, I think, was it was released 2000 at the end of 2012. 2012. So two years have passed. Would you still say 90% of the population has food sensitivities, or is it probably is, more is than that? But I'm trying to be a little yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> reserved. But there's not many people, and and I've, I've honestly, Darren, I have expanded my evaluation process of looking at sensitivities, which I can't wait for us to talk about. So therefore, it covers a bigger group. So probably most people who live on this earth have sensitivities. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on that. I had someone tell me that they didn't believe in food sensitivities because they were e- they said that they were eating food the whole time. Uh, they've mm-hmm. been eating the same foods all the time. And how can you develop sensitivities from foods that you're eating? Can you kind of explain that? Yeah, that's, that's, I would love to. So there are, in in my work, my ECM work, which is probably, you're probably never going to interview anyone that does work such as what I do because it's so 
different, and it's beyond what most people really understand. So I want to try to make it as clear as possible. We react to many different things, especially foods, on many different levels. So one of them, if you eat a food, let's say dairy products, Darren, and you don't digest it, you're eventually going to become sensitive sensitive to that food. It's going to it's going to, you're going to react to it. Not so much allergy. Allergy is a limited term, and a lot of people will say allergy, but in the conventional sense, allergy isn't really what I'm talking. I'm talking about reactivity. We're reacting to that specific food. So if you eat a food you don't digest, undigested food gets into the bloodstream, you will start reacting. Okay? And everybody re- everybody reacts and responds in a certain way. So, for example, let's say you have asthma. It's probably going to make your asthma worse. If you have colitis, like I did, it's going to make you bloated. All these foods are probably going to make you bloated. If you have headaches often, you know, if you have fibromyalgia, everything's going to bother you. These people like our train wrecks, you know, they they have lots of food sensitivities. So that's one level. There are other levels. There's genetic. You can actually inherit or develop over time when you were young a sensitivity. So, for example, and one of them is emotional, by the way. You can actually develop reactivities on an emotional level. So I always give the example for me. I'm a Jew. I'm very. I'm Jewish. Grew up mm-hmm. in a Jewish family, right? Every dinner time, my parents. I have a twin brother. We would have a, a, an argument. My parents would start arguing. My father would walk out of the house. My mother would sit there and cry. This would go on almost every night. So, no wonder why I developed all these food sensitivities. And it was like a lot of it was because I was emotionally traumatized when I was eating this food as a young kid. And this would go on year after year. Okay? Of course, after... My brother and I left the house. They became really, they were much happier. <laughs> so probably they were arguing over us. So that's, so that's one. You have emotions. You, have, you don't digest food. The other is toxic. If you're eating foods that have pesticides or GMO or chemicals or exposed to mold while you're eating in a room, for example, or there are other food additives in there. You're going to develop reactivities to those foods, too. And then there's thoughts, too. You can thoughts. So, for example, if your best friend just found out they had Lyme disease, right? And you think, oh, my goodness, I have all the same things. I must have Lyme also. How many times do people do that? When you go to medical school, you think you have all this, all the diseases they tell you. But you can yeah. think and create your own conditions. So Mm -hmm. even that can be a sensitivity. It could be just thoughts. So when I test people, and I have a very innovative way I test, I test people on all these levels. So therefore, because they come in and they say, well, you know, I know I can't eat corn because I get a headache when I eat corn. But I had standard allergy tests, and they say I'm fine. Well, when I test them, I find, yes, corn is a problem because maybe it's showing up on one of those levels that I just talked about. So I hope people understand what I'm saying. So there's lots of ways that you can react. That's why I say 
most people have food sensitivities because it's hard to live in on this planet and not have sensitivities. So is that does that make sense? Yeah, because I, I know for me, like I did my testing and I, corn didn't come up. But one thing <laughs> I've always noticed about corn and potatoes is that when I eat them, the next morning I wake up and it's time for me to use the bathroom, and I'll share this with the audience. I'm an open book. I'm constipated. So I know corn and potatoes just don't agree with me. No matter no. what didn't come up on the test, I know right. that corn and potatoes are not my best Yeah, my best and it plan. probably will come up in my testing. And sometimes, and you mentioned this before, which was great, is that sometimes you can just take an enzyme with the food, and that will eliminate maybe 80% of that sensitivity because it might be for you just if you just don't digest it that well. And just taking a digestive enzyme could help. But oftentimes they need to go through my process of desensitization, which works so successfully for most people. And even and children do amazingly well, any age, actually. Just going to ask but, you about But that. that's exactly right. And so frustrating for people because they'll come in and they spend thousands of dollars on these testing, and it shows nothing. And then I find tons of food sensitivity. Besides other sensitivities, there are other things you can be sensitive to also, which is is also causes a lot of health yeah, yeah. Well. I wanted to ask you some more questions about that. But going back to the kids thing, one of the things that I found out through my reading is that children's behavior, like um, I interviewed Dr. Doris Rapp a couple of months ago, and she's mm-hmm. big into the environmental uh, toxins and, and environmental allergies and the food as right. well. But I remember going over uh, one of her videos. She was on the Phil Donahue show years and years ago, and she showed mm-hmm. how these kids behaviors just radically changed when they were exposed to, for instance, and you talked about this in your book, fluoride, something that we were supposed to be great for our teeth. And she had a young kid on there and he just actually went berserk when he was uh, exposed to fluoride. Can you talk about that? Oh yeah. You know, that's huge. I've, I've done so much work with helping children and adults with ADD or ADHD or behavioral problems. And you know what? The most important thing for kids, Darren, the most important thing for kids, by the way, is food sensitivities. And I know Doris Rapp, and she knows the work I do as well, too, because in, in, there's so many similarities to our findings. But fluoride is huge, Huge, and there's been so much. And one of the things that it does do, it blocks our iodine receptor for thyroid, so it can cause thyroid problems. And I have my last, in fact, my next book that I'm looking to write soon is on the relationship of thyroid, low thyroid and candida issues and all the health issues relative to that because I've seen a relationship to it. But people who don't who are sensitive to fluoride, which most people are, and and they've even done some studies can cause all kinds of issues, even lowers IQ, which you've heard about too, I'm sure already. But it is can cause all kinds of behavioral problems and definitely has impact on the thyroid for sure. So you can be sensitive to metals, 
you can be sensitive to these halides. These are called halides. You can be sensitive to bacteria, which can cause things like arthritis. You can be sensitive to candida, which can cause all kinds of problems. So it's not so much that you have these in your body. It's how your body is reacting to If you are reacting to these things, that's a sensitivity if it can cause a lot of problems. For example, wheat. Besides the fact gluten, it's, I mean, people are gluten intolerant. People are grain intolerant. They are sensitive to grains, period. The sensitivity to wheat is not just gluten. It's the sugar, the maltose, or the other ingredients inherent in wheat that can make you feel tired and depressed. And that's a common symptom when people eat wheat. And it's not just the gluten. That's only one part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you um in in my former life I used to be a pharmaceutical rep and uh right. I found out that you know we were just talking about fluoride that fluoride is in a lot of medications matter of fact it's in a lot of antibiotics which was a product line that I sold but I also from mm. your book was just astounded by the fact that some people are sensitive to pharmaceutical medications. Um, I didn't know that. I was like, wow, this is something that I don't know. I know that fluoride was in some of the medications, but I didn't know that you could be sensitive to uh, the the drugs. And you mentioned like aspirin and things like that. Can you talk a little bit more about it? Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was just talking to a patient about it today. It, I, I would say of all the things that I do, that's probably the most amazing, is desensitizing, I call them clearing or correcting the sensitivity to pharmaceuticals. It is amazing for somebody like you, which so greatly appreciated, the side effects that are diminished completely sometimes just by desensitizing that medication. It's amazing. It's just And it happens, and the, the process happens almost immediately. Almost immediately. So, for example, most first of all, most people are sensitive to the medication or become sensitive. So, for example, people on thyroid medication, which is common, 80% of the population is thyroid deficient. So, how many people, it's probably one of the most common, Synthroid, for example, causes so many reactivities. And it's not so much the, the, the actual thyroxine, it's all the excipients with it that, that are in these medications that cause any reaction. So instead of benefiting from the thyroid medication, they are reacting to all that's in it and causing all kinds of problems as a result of it. And just clearing or correcting that sensitivity, you can instantly they'll feel different when they take it. And the unfortunate thing about it is that these pharmacies, these drug companies change these medications, so it has to be re-cleared or re-corrected every now and then because you don't, you're not getting the same medication all the time. That's the one thing that's so unfortunate. Most of the work I do can be permanent, like some of the foods, and you will never have to be corrected again, but pharmaceuticals, are more difficult too. And things like hormones and aspirin or or the heart medications and go on and on. You know, besides the fact I'm not 
one to recommend them, <laughs> then you have people reacting to it. In fact, I had a doctor who studied with me who was an ER physician, and one of the reasons he studied with me was to test people and just to see, because he felt like maybe 75% of people coming into the emergency room would come in as a reaction to medication. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it, but it is interesting. And antibiotics are another big one, too. And you know what? They last in your body. It doesn't just go away. If you're reacting to them, you could have it for years that your body's still reacting to it. That's interesting. You could take penicillin when you were 10 years old, and your body still reacts to it. And that's why it needs to be cleared. So when I evaluate when someone comes to see me i evaluate them and i look at everything and i look at what factors are involved in their health issue and sometimes it has to, these pharmaceutical drugs these drugs which are chemicals have to be cleared or corrected or desensitized mm-hmm. you um well just before we, we get into another question i see some people in the switchboard if you have a question uh, you can hit one on your on your um, telephone, and I will see you and, and bring you on if you have a question for Dr. Cutler. If you're out there listening, uh, it, we're more than halfway through the show, so call in 646-716-9371 if you have a question. Again, 646-716-9371. Mentioning hormones, Dr. Cutler, this is another yes. thing that blew my mind with your book. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> You opened up a can of worms for me. Right. Um, the fact that women can be sensitive to their own hormones. I had no idea that that would actually happen, could actually happen. I have ne- I've never met a woman that wasn't sensitive to their own hormones. Every How does that happen? Is. How does that happen? You know, I think that it's something that over time is because hormones are such an emotional issue and there's so much in our society with hormones and so much in our society with women, et cetera, what we go through, that women become sensitive. It's 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 everyone. I've never met it. In fact, when my daughter went through her getting her starting her menstrual cycle, I said, I'm going to clear her and, and desensitize her on the hormones so she doesn't have any PMS because I don't want, I was a single mom for a long time, and I said, I can't deal with that, with working and writing and all that. I don't, can't deal with a daughter with who has PMS, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you clear and desensitize the hormones, you won't have that, nor will you have menopausal symptoms. So my daughter's never known what it is to have PMS, premenstrual syndrome, because I cleared her on hormones. And then you have all these women taking all these hormones. So besides being sensitive to your own, you're sensitive to the drugs. Besides the drugs and the hormones, oh, my God, there's so many problems that could develop because of that so it's huge and men also men can be sensitive to their testosterone yeah, as well or the precursors to their testosterone and estrogen and progesterone too because they do, they secrete them as well but more women than men so it always has to be worked on and treated 
and that's and it makes such a difference. It's incredible. You can go from feeling horrible. Like I had a doctor who came to see me who just started to go through perimenopause, mood swings, depression, irritability. We cleared her on, I gave her a digestive enzyme, helped her with detoxification, which is what I do with my work as well, and I test people on that, and desensitized with all the hormones, and she emailed me within minutes, and then following days following, no problem at all. She said she was like a different person. So it's extraordinary how it works. So that is yes. a can of worms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, the it's book. It's amazing. Once you start, and it happens, yeah, you know. Once you start going through the book and you start reading all of these things, it's mm-hmm. amazing that people can be sensitive to um, a lot of these things and have no idea. Um, describe the process. You mentioned you, you keep saying clearing, clearing, clearing. I actually describe right. the process because I know the audience is going to like, well, what does she do? <laughs> kind of describe the process of how you go about your evaluation and start working with um, um, people. And then after that, I'll probably have, I have a ton of questions for you, but just describe the process. Okay. Well, I, when I first began my work, I used to use muscle testing for doing testing for food sensitivities, but I felt it was limited. There's only so many muscle testing you can do on someone, and then we'd be fatigued. So I searched out other ways of evaluating, and I came across what's called an electrodermal device or electroacupuncture device developed by Bol, which is European, that's been around for ages and ages and began to utilize a machine like that that tests meridians. So you're using meridian testing or galvanic skin response in testing different items. And you can have the real items that you can person can hold it or put it on a plate or whatever or put it in their mouth, and then you can test the meridian and see if there's resistance. If there's resistance, that's a sign of sensitivity. So I went further, and we're talking years and years ago that I began to do this, and I studied with everyone. I'm one of these people that, you know, when I, that's, my life has been about this, nothing else, as you can imagine, <laughs> and you can hear in my voice. So I said, I got to develop, I got to find a way to test. How can I find a way? So I looked for the best people and created a program that I and this other person put together that now is expanded. It's probably the best in the state of the art. A computer program that actually utilizes one of these kind of machines that tests meridians or skin response with programs, with a program that's on the computer and things that actually have been programmed in to be tested. So when there is a specific sensitivity, it will be a certain response that is noted on this computerized testing. And then the actual desensitization desensitization process is an acupressure type clearing, I call it. That's really like a biofeedback. It's basically reprogramming the body into not being sensitive and into responding differently to this thing. So it's almost changing the body's brain and nervous system that therefore influences the rest of the body. So you're reprogramming and it happens instantly in clearing certain things. 
And that's that's the process. It's very simple. I describe it in the book, and it's not mm-hmm. that technical. Actually, my book is about doing it at home. You can many of these things can be done at home. And I do I work with people long distance. I have a way of actually working with them that can support them and help them in that I've developed only recently, help them in learning how to do this at home. And it's extremely extremely effective. Plus getting on a good digestive enzyme and supporting detoxification. It's got to be part of the process. Because your body is not detoxifying, you're not going to respond to any healing process, Darren, at all. So that gives you a little idea of of how this process works. Yeah, it sounds very similar to like a couple of years ago, I um, ran into uh, a practitioner here in Florida, and she does what you call biomeridian assessments. And I was amazed the first time that I got one when right. she told me exactly what supplements would work with my body, what wouldn't work right. with my body. She kind of uh, worked on me with adrenal fatigue. I used to suffer from adrenal fatigue like it was crazy how how mm-hmm. fatigued mm-hmm. I was. And within minutes of putting me on the machine, she's like, are you tired all the time? She was just telling me things about my own body so I know exactly exactly what you're doing. It sounds a lot like what I right. what I went through and I still continue and to And that's one of the machines I used for a while too actually. So we created the oh, okay. program for that biomeridian. So I probably know who that person is. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, she's here in Florida. Her name is uh, Andrea, which is who I work I, with. I think I know who who it is. There's not many of us around that do this work, right. but you know. Right. And she lives not far from me. You just reminded me, and I probably need to go in and get a checkup. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to mention a couple of conditions, and you can kind of, from what you've seen, what might be the cause of those conditions? Because I know you know we have a really big problem in our society now with weight. A lot of people are overweight. Right. What are some things that you've noticed that might be contributors to that a person being overweight. Great question because I do a lot of lot of work with weight issues, weight loss for sure. So there are so many, and again, the the one thing that is unique with what I do too, it's very tailored to the person. So so and so with a weight problem can have a different array of factors than another person. So that's important, and I will look at that and assess that. But commonly that occurs maybe with most. Poor digestion is key. Detoxicity, toxic load, not detoxifying adequately because the weight will just hang out in the, the, the toxicity will cause weight to not, be a person not be able to lose weight that's important food mm-hmm. sensitivities are, are key but the biggest thing is and, and the thing is is that when you're sensitive to a food you always crave that food so if all of you out there if you think of a food you always <laughs> crave guarantee you're sensitive to that food exactly. and it's causing that constant craving so if you're craving those breads you are absolutely sensitive to the breads or if you're craving chocolate you're sensitive to chocolate or if you're craving Alcohol, it's sugars. Most people crave sugars, and it it manifests in many different ways. So most people who have weight issues are carbohydrate intolerant. They should not be eating fruit, even fructose, especially women over a certain age should cut out the fruit. 
because fructose, as much as they can, maybe a little bit of the low glycemic fruit like the berries here and there, but you have to be really careful because once you start eating a little and you crave sugar, you start eating too much. The grains, cut out all the grains. Grains are inflammatory. Even, even taking a lick, people will have trouble losing weight or even gain weight, believe it or not. So grains are key. The other thing is looking at thyroid, looking at the endocrine system, and a huge one, Darren, which you probably have had other doctors talk about on your show, is insulin resistance. There is Mm -hmm. a lot written about it. There are many people, you know, because before you're even pre-diabetic, you're insulin resistant. And if you're having numbers in your blood sugar, if you start taking your blood sugar, which is not a bad idea for some people, have weight problems, and you have a three-digit, you're already pre-diabetic. If you're 100 or if you're even 90-something, you are looking at problems, and that's going to cause weight issues. So you have to address the insulin resistance. You have to address probably the thyroid. You have to look at the endocrine system. You have to address food sensitivities. You have to address the toxicity issues, and you've got to get your digestion better. Right. What about is uh, in your carbohydrate uh, intolerance? Uh, is that inc- is are starches included in that? Yeah. So I'm, you know, again, depending on the person, some people are okay, and even some people can have corn, and some people can. Some people can even have oats, and some can. Again, that's more individual. But I have in my books, in my last book, and in my Micro Miracles book, I have diets, like I have a carbohydrate intolerant diet, which most people are, and I and I go through exactly how much, what the servings are for the different foods. So for like the starchy vegetables, you can have them but not have them every day, maybe having three times a week. And the biggest thing to lose weight, Darren, is to eat less. You know, if everyone puts their fist out, their stomach is that big. If they're eating more than that fist in a meal, they're already eating too much. (laughs) So people need to eat less. And digesting the food and clearing the sensitivities helps you eat less food. Yeah. So actually, if you are utilizing your food properly, and most people aren't utilizing, they're not getting all the nutrients out of their food, then it makes it easier to to eat less, right? Right, because you're full, because you're satisfied, you know? So it's like the most obese person is probably the most malnourished. Mm-hmm. I've heard that because before. they're not utilizing their, their, not getting the nutrients in Ukraine. And it's not so much that it's always, you know, they just don't have willpower. It's a physiological thing. They're just craving these foods because they really are starving for those nutrients. That's why a digestive enzyme is so critical as well. Yeah, you, you've sold me on the digestive enzyme. I'm going to get some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um the next, uh, the next one would be. Um, I'll send you one a- that I'll, I'll send you one of mine as my. Just send you one. You'll give send me your address and I'll send you my compliments. To, you know, complimentary. I'll send you a good one. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, um, definitely. The next, next. Uh, thank you for that. The next one would be fibromyalgia because that's to me it's like a phantom disease. Like no one knows what causes it, and you have these strange, out of the ordinary symptoms. It, People just have pain all over their body. So what have you found about fibromyalgia? 
what what actually yes that's a great question in fact that's another book i want to write just on fibromyalgia because i've had really good results with it one two things i have found first of all that these people have leaky gut and many of you might not know what leaky gut but leaky gut is a condition that probably anybody with any chronic health problems especially fibromyalgia they're they allow, especially if you don't digest the food, allow too many things in through the come in through the small intestines into the bloodstream, and that can create a lot of immune reactions. So a lot of these people with fibromyalgia have an overactive immune system that can cause a lot of symptoms, such as fatigue or sleep issues and allergies. So that's one, and that's where digestion, digesting food is is key. The other thing is they are not detoxifying. That's really, really, really important. And the and then the 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 next thing is that they have tons of food sensitivities. And again, the most common food sensitivities are the the grains, the carbohydrates, the dairy, too, because that's sugars as well, and they are sensitive to some vitamins and minerals as well, which people say, now, how can you be sensitive to something like calcium? Big one. And being sensitive to something like calcium and magnesium can cause all these sleep issues, which fibromyalgia people definitely and certainly have most of the time. And that's what even distinguishes them from other kinds of problems is that sleep issue. The other thing is they have a lot of different sensitivities. And thyroid is another issue as well as candida. And candida is a systemic yeast infection that is aggravated by eating foods that that are that are yeast forming and can create more sensitivity to the candida. So again, such as the dairy, like cheeses are bad, or yeast and breads and alcohol and fermented foods as well. So, And I've never met a fibromyalgia patient that didn't have a thi- low thyroid as well. And some of it's clinical, clinic, subclinically low thyroid, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go on thyroid. There's lots of other things you can do. Just taking an iodine supplement can make a huge difference. Or eating certain foods that have B vitamins and minerals and helping support minerals will help the thyroid work too. So there's lots of ways to do it without having to go on a synthetic thyroid. That's the last thing you want to do. There's other things you can do. And just supporting detoxification of the body will help the endocrine system and the thyroid work better. So there's a lot, again, it's individual, like not everyone who has fibromyalgia will have the same factors involved in their situation. This is just commonly, I've seen that, but it could be very different. It could just be emotional, or it could be that they have a chemical they're reacting to that's causing certain problems, or xenoestrogens, which are hormonally related or endocrine disruptors too that can cause that fibromyalgia. So again, I always say I treat the person, not the disease. So it's important to know that because I don't treat a lab result. 
I look at the lab tests, but, you know, you see the person. So if your thyroid comes back normal, but you're classically showing signs of low thyroid, and my testing shows that, you want to support that thyroid. I don't care what the blood test says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, quick question before I get to the last condition I'm going to ask you about. Once you yes. clear people of these sensitivities, uh, whether environmental, chemical, whatever, um, can they go on, like, for instance, I'm sensitive to gluten. So can I go right. back to eating gluten after that? Would you advise that or would you just say, hey, you know what, don't don't go back to eating gluten? That's a great question. I First of all, I pretty much promote a no-grain diet for, for most of my patients. I love you, Which Dr. means Cohen. no grains. <laughs> and that, it, that excludes quinoa, which is, I'm jury still out for me on quinoa. Wild rice and maybe buckwheat might be okay. And corn may be okay for some people, too. And oats have a different gluten. They don't have the same gluten as what wheat. So, but getting back to your question, nobody is perfect with their diet. <laughs> you know, except yeah. me. I'm, I'm, I'm like neurotic. I eat the same things every day. I'm like, you know, I'm a raw vegan. I you know, because if you've ever been sick, you never want to be that way again. So I'm like so adamant. I take an enzyme all the time. I eat exactly. I never stray from my diet. It's just who I am. Okay. But right. most people are not like me. You know, they, they, they go out and they want to have a piece of bread here and there. Okay. So clearing the sensitivity will help them tolerate it better. So it would help you tolerate it better. Maybe some people, even if they clear it, Still don't tolerate it. And then there's an enzyme, a protease enzyme that's called DPP-4 that is in certain enzymes and the ones that I recommend that have it that will help you break down gluten and casein as well. So with that and the clearing the sensitivity, some people, if you're not true celiac, can probably have it once in a while. But it depends. Some people... Even if you clear them, because sometimes the clearing will just basically help you stop craving it rather than, you know. So, again, everybody is individual, okay? But most people will say, you know what, I do so much better when I don't have grains. I notice when I eat it, I don't feel as good. I feel heavier. I feel a little depressed. I feel a little brain fog, especially people who have fibromyalgia as a common symptom. And they say, you know, you are right. I do better without grains. But, you know, some kids, you know, if they're in a team, they go out and have pizza. They want to be able to have pizza. So I'm always doing it. But, again, my recommendation is to stop grains. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever go back to eating bread at all. And I don't do yeah. rice either. So, Good for um, you. Let, Last condition is, and this is something that people are left and right are being diagnosed with, is um, IBS. And I would imagine the same things that kind of uh, weight loss, the same things like yeast and and things of that nature are kind of in there with IBS as well. Can you talk about that? Yes. And, you know, irritable bowel is huge. Too, because that's kind of one of those diagnoses based on exclusion. Well, we don't know what's wrong with you, so you know you're you're (laughs) irritable bowel, you know. And but some people who don't know what that is, you know, they have like they go from some loose stools to constipation or spastic colon, you know, 
and they have bloating and there's so much. There's a whole new diagnosis now called SIBO, which is small intestine bowel overgrowth. And I sometimes find that, and that's common with people with irritable bowel. But, you know, most people, it's food sensitivities. And when you give them, when you clear those foods and you put them on the right digestive enzyme and a probiotic, which is very important too, which we didn't mention, but probiotic is important, although a lot of people are sensitive to probiotic because it is bacteria. So sometimes they have to be desensitized to it and put on the right one. One of the things I do also is to see which which supplements work better for people like you mentioned this woman does that like you yeah. like people bring in a suitcase of supplements and i see which ones are compatible or effective for them and those are the ones that are better for them so some probiotics are better for some some are better for, you know everyone every, again everyone's different so <clears throat> i will evaluate that but but with 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 ibs getting them on a good digestive enzyme clearing clearing maybe some of the bacteria, overgrowth, clearing the leaky gut, clearing those food sensitivities, digestive enzyme, probiotic, they will do really well. They shouldn't have the problem again. And sometimes it's emotional. We can clear emotional things as well, sometimes even relationships and people also. <laughs> a lot of people might <laughs> need that It's a big one. one, believe me, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um I think we got like maybe three minutes in here. I didn't want to keep you over an hour. Um, is there people that are training this method? Do you, have you had have people all over the states that are training this method? That, for instance, if they can't get in contact with you, they might be able to go someone who's been training your method. And how do they find that that person? Yes, if you if you call, we we have a new website. I have a new website coming up, but DrEllenCutler.com. You can call my office, which is 415-384-0200. My re- assistant will get you the information for training. We have actual website called EC- LearnECM.com, which is people who want to learn who are health practitioners who want to learn the ECM method. And there is a fundamentals course. There's a a level one, level two, and I do the advanced courses. And I actually have a mentorship program as well for doctors, too, or health practitioners. So, yes, we do. And we people travel over. We actually do it in small groups so that people really do learn. And so, anyway, they can call my clinic, or they can go to learnecm.com and email Rebecca. Rebecca is the one who actually is in charge of teaching the Fundamentals Beginner classes. So, And we're happy to help have people. And she has a list of people, Rebecca and so does Cynthia, who works for me at the clinic of different people who have been trained in, in this work. Cool. I'm actually interested in getting this done for some chemical things. Um, yeah, good, that's good. really, really good information. Dr. Cutler, you got one minute left. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really enjoyed this. I'm very adamant about food sensitivities and having people get rid of these things because I know um, from my own personal experience how they can help you know your body. So I really, really thank you for being on the show. 
Oh, yeah, and you're a wonderful host. Thank you so much. Anytime. I would love to come on and talk anytime. Great, great. Actually, I'm going to go ahead. Your book on enzymes is called what? I know it's micro. Yeah, Micro Micro Miracles is the book on enzymes. And the new book is, like you said, Clearing the Way to Health and Wellness. And that, again, is being revised with the new ECM method, and that will be out probably within the month, which I'm very excited about. Okay, great. I'm going to read Micro Miracles and have you back on in 2015. So look to hear from me, okay? Great. Love to. Love to. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. You have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That's a good show. Learned a lot. I had no idea. Like, the book blew my mind. If you have not read the book or want to pick it up, you can pick it up on Amazon. And actually, one of the things I've been doing on Amazon is just reading the first chapter of books. Because sometimes you get a book and you read the first chapter and you're like, you end up buying it and you're like, oh, I really didn't like this. So on Amazon, you can go on, you can read the first chapter of the book. And if you don't like it, you don't have to pay for it. And I've been doing that on my Kindle. And uh, Amazon also has another program. I don't make money for Amazon. I'm just telling you how to do this. If you're really into reading books or of any nature, I'm, I really love health and wellness books. You can pay for unlimited Kindle. It's nine ninety nine per month. And you can read any book that you want to read on there. So um, it's a great way to save yourself some money instead of buying books at four or five bucks, and some books are more than that. You can actually do your nine ninety nine and then read as many books as you'd like on the Kindle Unlimited program, and you can cancel it um, whenever you want. So, um, good way to do that. And like I said, next week there will be no show. And then uh, I'll be coming back the first week of December and probably the second week of December. I'm not sure. I just need some time off to recollect myself, have some things that are going on. And then January, we'll probably hit it real hard on getting some more guests, some new, some newer guests and talk about different things. I want to start talking a little bit about mindset next year as well, changing your mindset how to get yourself to to do goals, and that's something that I'm still learning myself. So they say that you always teach the things that you want to learn, so I really want to get into more about mindset and changing that and helping you with your health and wellness goals. So, again, uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, next, Not next week, but the week after will be the same fat time, same fat channel. Peace and love, y'all. Have a great Thanksgiving, and I'll see you next time.